0: This is Lake Effect from 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Mitch Teich. And I'm Bonnie North. All this week, WUWM News and Lake Effect have been examining the issue of access to clean water in the region in our Project Milwaukee series, Great Lakes, Troubled Waters. Today, we're stepping back a little and examining the idea of the region as a water hub, a place where industry, research, and academia converge. In just a few minutes, we'll hear from Brenda Coley, the co-executive director of the Milwaukee Water Commons, which takes a community and environmental approach to water issues. But first, Dean Amhaus joins us in the studio. He's the president and CEO of the Milwaukee Water Council, a nonprofit organization that brings together these disparate entities. Amhaus begins by explaining what he means by the concept
1: of a water hub. Well, I think it's important to understand when we talk about hub, uh, that it's really a a convergence or a confluence of lots of different things, which we're very fortunate to have here in Milwaukee. It's not just having a passion around water. There's a lot of places that have that. But we're fortunate enough is that we've got universities that are focused around water and certainly UWM with the School of Freshwater Sciences. But oftentimes people don't think about the College of Engineering or Marquette University and their engineering or UW-Whitewater and business and water. So there's all these universities. But we also have uh, a unique aspect of all of these businesses that have been here for many of them, decades and decades, that have grown and matured, that has this concentration. Right now within our region are almost 240 water technology companies, and that is very unique. And the other thing I would say is that we have very strong utilities, um, these are utilities that are coming up with new innovations. Uh, they're very progressive in that way. And in fact, you know, Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewage District is really looked upon as a world leader in terms of the practices that they do. So it's being able to have all of these in a very defined region. And we talk about our region. is basically about an hour and a half drive. So we pick up Sheboygan and Kohler and Madison and even pull into northern Chicago as well.
0: So is that... What makes others look to Milwaukee as a resource around innovation and technologies around water?
1: Well, it's not only the fact that we've got the companies and we've got the universities and utilities, but what's coming out of these entities are also what people are looking for. Uh, people from around the world, and literally we've got tens, uh, you know, I mean dozens more than that coming every single year, that are looking for new solutions that our companies are coming up with, our universities are you know, developing, um, but they're looking for business-to-business relationships or they're looking to come here because we have this ecosystem that they can literally get plugged in. Uh, you know, as an example, we talk about the fact that a company could come in on a Monday morning at uh, 9 o'clock, and by 11 o'clock that morning, they could be plugged into an ecosystem that they couldn't get anywhere else. That's really one of the things that defines Milwaukee and separates us out across the entire world.
0: I'm thinking of places like Israel who are, have been Mm. leaders, world leaders in fresh water innovation because they live in a desert and and they're surrounded by salt water. And so what are places like Israel learning from Milwaukee? And what is Milwaukee learning from Israel? Well,
1: and I think that's the thing is each one is a little bit different and unique. And so as you talk about salt water, uh, desalination in Israel, that's something that's very, very important to them. It's not an issue that we have to deal with. What we up, having to deal with is too much water when we get these storms that come in. So they start to complement each other as well. There's a lot of innovations that are coming out of Israel, uh, but Israel's a small country. And so for that, those entrepreneurs, they have to export if they are going to be able to grow as a business. Um, you know, for our businesses here in the Milwaukee region, a huge market just in the United States, but then they can also start working globally. But oftentimes, Milwaukee is compared with Israel or the Netherlands as well. well. And I think what's interesting is those other two places are countries. And so Milwaukee is really stacking up with that. And we actually had a a presentation come to us from another entity out of Germany, that was putting Milwaukee really at the top of the level with other countries in terms of innovations. It's not necessarily just because of water stress, you've got to have that concentration of innovation that we have.
0: We talk about innovation, but one of the things that's kind of fundamental here is that we have drinking water issues. We have a lot of people who have either lead contamination or other issues, whether it's well or runoff and that sort of thing. How is the Water Council working to mitigate those problems? Because everyone needs clean water.
1: Right. Absolutely. And it's not only the individuals, but the businesses. And it's really important. So there are companies that are coming up with new innovations uh, on the lead pipe issues. And I think the, the the thing people often think is that you just have to rip the lead pipes out and then that's going to solve the problem. Well, I think as we're you know, coming to learn, it's very expensive to be able to do that. It's very um, time intensive. And there are companies coming up with new solutions. Uh, it may be a liner that goes in the pipe and to be able to seal it off or an entire house uh, system that you can literally put into, uh, you know, off your main water line that can purify the water for the entire house or point of use. So there are many alternatives as well. And when you start looking at from a farming issues, there's a technology aspect of things, but there's also in terms of approaches on how we manage our our water uh, and the use on the agriculture on the farms. And I think it's got to be a combination of things. There is no one solution to any of this. It's got to be able to work collectively together but that's one of the things that we're doing in terms of our companies are coming up with those innovations to be able to to drive down the time, drive down the cost and have a positive impact for people and businesses.
0: How often do you work with other nonprofits who are in some aspect of the water business? I'm thinking like the water commons which comes at it from a an environmental standpoint right. and there, I'm sure there are many others that are just not coming to mind right now. How closely do you work with them?
1: Not necessarily so closely because you know one of the that we talk about as an organization, we're an economic development organization. So I I think back there was a commercial uh, that used to talk, I think it was BSAF, where it said, you know, we're not the ones making the planes, we're the ones that are helping to make it more energy efficient. Same type of thing for the Water Council. We're not out there actually going and cleaning up the rivers or the lakes, but hopefully our technologies can help the Milwaukee Water Commons or the Riverkeeper to be able to do a better job and to have a bigger impact. So, you know, hopefully that innovation translates and comes back down to that NGO that can have a real direct impact, not only in Milwaukee, but across the entire world.
0: And I assume that there's also help in there somewhere in making it affordable to those NGOs and those nonprofits.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Affordable, but also easy to be able to do. Um, Because, you know, one of the things that we hear oftentimes is uh, an NGO will go across the world into Africa or India and have a great solution. But the practical standpoint is it doesn't necessarily work under those conditions. And so it's got to be able to make it uh, cost effective, but it's also going to be very uh, user friendly as well.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges that you see sitting in your seat ahead for the water innovation business? I mean, what are some of the biggest things people are tackling?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting is that, you know, oftentimes uh, we'll have people from the media who will say, you know, why aren't these companies uh, creating these innovations and, and getting it out into market in 18 months, you know, or nine months well, it's not like uh, creating an app for your phone where if something's not quite right to you, just download a you know a little bug fix. Uh, these are companies you have to think almost like a pharmaceutical company that are coming up with a new drug. They've got to test, 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 because they have to make sure that once they're in operation that they're working 100% of the time uh, because we got to make sure that they're safe in terms of their usage as well. So it's a long period of time. That creates some other barriers because from an entrepreneur's standpoint, they're always looking to be able to find venture capitalists that want to get into this. Well, those venture capitalists want a quick and early return. It doesn't set up a really good model. Um We're fortunate here in Milwaukee also that we have utilities that are willing to innovate and to be able to put dollars towards that. A lot of other places, that's not the case at all. So those are part of those, those slow things to the adoption of those new technologies is it's a long process for that innovation to be able to pre- perfect it and to be able to get funded as well. That's some of the biggest barriers that are out there. Also, you know, the, the challenge is that we keep on coming up with new issues that we find in our water as well. And so, you know, as we said to the governor, you know, it's great to be able to have uh, a year of water uh, for the state of Wisconsin. But frankly, it's going to be a decade of water or even longer than that as well because it's going to take a long time for this.
0: How important is it to have governmental backing for what you're doing, even though you're an economic development nonprofit?
1: Uh, It's very important. We live in an environment and a society where you have to have the government relations and engagement as well. And that's whether it's from the governor's office to the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources or the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, which we're very close partners with as well. And so it is a partnership, Uh, I will say, is that the Water Council has been really driven by the private sector. But a lot of the things that we are doing couldn't be done without, you know, all those other partners to be able to get the regulations approved on a fast fashion with the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation to be able to help those entrepreneurs to be able to perfect their innovations, to be able to get it out into the marketplace as well. So you can't separate them out at all. They've got to be a part of that whole solution.
0: So as you look into the future, the, both the near and far future, what are some of the things you're most excited about, some of the projects that you can talk about that you think are going to make a huge difference to us?
1: Well, you spoke about earlier in terms of desalination. And when you start going around the United States and around the world, you hear people talk about, you know, that's sort of like the golden solution. If we can come up with the ability to take our salt water and to turn it into, you know, fresh, clean water, it can be done. Uh, Technology can make that work. The problem is it's very, very expensive and it's a huge energy use to be able to do that. I believe that one of the innovations where we're going to start seeing and moving forward with is really getting into more water recycling. And we're frankly been doing it forever, entire existence. Uh, What we as human beings have to get over what they call is that yuck factor. But frankly, when you start to get into heavy water stress areas, what we should be doing is, yes, desalinate the water, but then keep it in a closed loop and literally just start to recycle and reuse it continuously. And I think, you're
0: talking gray water and black water, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And
1: it can be done. All of those things can be done. It's for us our minds to sort of get over what we're drinking. Uh, they've been doing it up in, you know, space for a long, long period of yes, time. So um, it's more of we human beings to be able to get over that. The other thing which I think is going to be a, a way of the future is really getting more into smaller decentralized systems. It's very expensive to do these big drinking or wastewater utilities, uh, and they take a huge footprint up. I think one of the things that we're looking at is can you create not just two or three drinking water utilities, but what if you had 100 or 150 and really create sort of a microgrid of all these utilities and to start to back up each other as well. And you can be able to produce uh, clean water and deal with the wastewater at the same time.
0: My only thought of that is is that we as human beings tend to want to centralize and tend to want to, you know, create bigger companies out of smaller companies. And I wonder if we could resist doing that if we created a microgrid or, or you know, of small companies that, well, what, you, the, you know, the urge is going to be to kind of make it all one anyway.
1: Well, it doesn't mean that it has to be, you know, one company. I and mean, one company could still, or the utility could still manage that. But what you've got is not a big, huge, physical plant. Okay. So it's not different utilities uh, for instance, the waterworks, instead of managing two facilities, may be managing 200, but it literally is all connected as well. And especially when you start getting into disaster areas where you've got uh, hurricanes come in, and if it knocks out one facility, then a city is really held hostage. If you could have this grid set up so it starts to support the entire system, uh, that's going to be a big help for those communities.
0: What do you think is the most important thing Milwaukee and southeastern Wisconsin should be looking at first in terms of clean water.
1: You know, it that's a that's a really tough question because anybody you can you know would ask, you know, it's whatever is the most direct and impact on them. Uh, you know, certainly the lead pipe is a big you know issue as well. But I think one of the things that you know we also realize is, uh, as an example, the Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewage District. The things that are impacting that uh, utility may be happening outside of its district, north of its district, because of farm runoff. It ultimately comes down, you know, and and impacts here as well. So, you know, it's hard to say here's one particular thing, uh, and that presents the challenge is you can't, you know, put your finger on one thing, you've got to be able to address the whole problem as well.
0: Exactly. It's why we have the whole week dedicated to aspects of this.
1: Right. Because, you know, you get into stormwater, you get into drinking water, and you get into wastewater. And oftentimes, people ask us from around the world, well, what do you focus on, you know, when you start looking at water? And we say everything. And that's the challenge, but that's the necessity, too. Dean Omhouse is president and CEO of the Milwaukee Water Council.